You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. Well, hello, my friend. Welcome back to another episode of Leading Women in Tech. Today, we're chatting all about growth and in particular, one of my favorite phrases, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. My clients who are listening to this will likely laugh because I love to call them out on this one. This is how you do so much amazing stuff is when we get comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's one of my favorite phrases alongside two others. I have three favorite phrases. Uh, Number two is be the solutions person and not the problem person. And number three is it's not a democracy. (laughs) Uh, Maybe both of those should have a dedicated episode. Do let me know if you'd like that. But for today, let's focus on being comfortable with being uncomfortable or rather getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. But before we do that, I do want to remind you of one very important thing. Doors are now open to Lit Up Leadership Academy, but only for two more weeks. And then we will be shutting doors until September. So if you know you need to be up-leveling your career, your leadership, and building a life that you love, a career that you love, that creates the impact you want, because your life and your career are one and the same, by the way, then I'd love to welcome you into the Lit Up Leadership Academy. And it's called Lit Up Leadership for a reason. I want you to be lit up and delighted by your career. Yes, I have a focus on leadership. This is a leadership training program. But it is also leadership training for even individual contributors, ICs. I have a number of people who've been through the program who are passionate about being the thought leader in their space, still an IC, but being the thought leader, leading their careers, owning their careers. And equally, we have people who've risen all the way up to, they've, they've joined the program to accelerate their career as a manager, as a director. And I've had people using the materials or even VPs. So Whatever stage of your career you're at, if you are passionate about being the voice in the room that gets heard, that gets traction, creating the career around that, because it isn't just about being the leader, it's also about having the career progression, the tools, the techniques, the interview techniques, the resume techniques. It's the whole puzzle. Whether you're developing your career skills or you're developing your leadership skills, they both accelerate you. And that's what this academy is all about. I want you to thrive. I want you to be a lit up leader. And the beauty of this program is you can join for as little as one month. It is a monthly rolling membership. You sign up, you pay for a month if that's all you want to pay for, and you can cancel at any time. Now, there are perks if you sign up for a whole year because it is a whole year's worth of content in the Academy. But if you just want to get your feet wet and see what it's all about, go sign up right now. Go to tonycollis.com forward slash Academy. Okay, let's dive into getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Every member of my academy, by the way, every single one of my one-on-one clients knows that this phrase is super incredibly important because this is where growth happens. I like to call this the discomfort zone. Other people will call it the growth zone, but I believe we should recognize it for what it is. It is discomfort. (laughs) Confidence, for example, comes from taking that discomfort and moving with it. Confidence comes from action. You've heard me say that before, I'm sure on this podcast. It's one of the things I talk about all the time. 
throughout all of my training programs. If we want confidence, you need to take uncomfortable action. You can't just magically wave a wand, do some mindset work and get some confidence. The mindset work helps you take the action, yes, it isn't going to give you the confidence. Anybody who tells you that is just like having you on. <laughs> confidence comes from experience, right? So to get confidence, the best thing to do is to lean into the discomfort you're feeling and to take action from there. And I want you to recognize there's a difference between discomfort and pain. I am not a fan of pain. Um, there's actually a, a particular coach I follow on social media, big name in the coaching industry, the life coaching industry in particular, And one of the things I've heard her and some of her followers speak about is, um, I think they call it the nausea moment, the nauseous moment, when you feel physically nauseous because you're getting so uncomfortable. And I actually disagree with that. I think slow and steady wins the race. (laughs) And I've seen far too many people, including myself, when we've got so uncomfortable, like we've had a nauseous moment, whatever the physical symptom is for you, but an extreme reaction. And Sometimes we need to do that. Do not get me wrong. Sometimes there is a place for getting that uncomfortable. But if you make it a habit to get physically nauseous or physically like really extremely stressed about something, I don't actually think it's very good for us because I think what happens is we then need recovery time. The reason I love the mantra, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, is I want this to become your new normal. And whatever is normal actually sort of becomes comfortable, right? (laughs) Which is get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You sort of, it's your new steady state. I don't think it's good for the human body to ever feel nauseous being normal, (laughs) being comfortable because it's normalized. I I don't think that's a good thing. So this isn't about pain. It isn't about pushing yourself so far. It is about remembering you're on a marathon, not a sprint. And therefore it is just pushing the boundaries every single day. And I do mean every single day. Um, Maybe take the weekends off. I do. Although I like to push myself at weekends too, but sometimes my weekends are literally just for reading because I love a good book. But at other times, you know, I will push myself personally. Maybe I am trying to develop a skill like as a hobby. I will push my discomfort. Um, I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but during COVID, um, during the lockdowns in particular, my comfort zone shrank because comfort zones are one of these things. They are not steady states. If you are constantly growing them or actively pushing at your current boundaries, they will shrink. And during lockdowns, my introverted self raised its head and I was like totally embracing not seeing people, not going out. And that's still definitely my comfort zone. I'm not one of these people that's raced back to seeing lots of people. It's not my thing. And couple that with my concernness about COVID transmission, the fact that we still have long COVID, Yes, many of us are vaccinated, sadly not as many as I would like to see. Maybe that's a bit political for you, but that's that's the deal here. I do believe that we should all be vaccinated for COVID if it's safe for you to do so. There are some reasons why it's not, but <laughs> thankfully the majority of us, it is safe. Uh, sorry, little political statement there. Sorry, not sorry. Um, but the whole issue here is I contracted my comfort zone because I wasn't going out. I wasn't seeing people. And so part of what I need to challenge myself now, evenings and weekends, it's not work related, is getting comfortable with going out again and seeing people and being surrounded by humans that aren't just on Zoom, (laughs) right? So this applies to every aspect of your life. And I definitely think the marathon version of it is do it five days a week, right? It can be baby, baby, baby steps, but maybe it's a new habit you're building or you need to show up differently in meetings or, you know, you need to speak differently. I'm talking specifically leadership traits there, right? 
Whatever it is, though, get comfortable with being a little bit uncomfortable. It's definitely not pain. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Just keep that one. Slow and steady, right? Wins the race. I love that. Okay. What I want you to have a think about is how can you normalize this discomfort that I'm talking about? How can you make it so it's a typical feeling for you? Your brain associates good things with this. What could you do every day to say, I'm just going to do this today anyway? I think a lot of the time when we struggle to take on new challenges, it's because we haven't done that in a while. What if you just decided every single day I'm going to do something new and different, right? And instead of it being intimidating, it became, oh, I get to do that again. I get to, I get to be new and exciting. This really requires you to lean into your self-awareness, right? Again, self-awareness, well, awareness in general is one of my three pillars of leadership in the Lit Up Leadership Framework. And self-awareness is a very, very big part of awareness. Awareness goes broader than just self, of course. But in terms of this, like getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, I want you to lean into your awareness. You need to, first of all, understand when are you feeling this way? When are you feeling uncomfortable? Are you fully aware when that's happening? Or do you just see the result of procrastination or not doing something or, oh gosh, I've done that and wow, that was hard. Like, are you actually aware in the moment or do you only see afterwards? I want you to dial into noticing in the moment. It's such an important skill to fully understand ourselves in the moment. I don't think we do it enough, but it is fundamentally underpins your executive presence. It is so incredibly important. And so with this one in particular, dial into... Are you procrastinating? Are you putting something off? Have you got imposter syndrome going on? Is your inner critic raising its head? Are you self-sabotaging yourself? Are you avoiding something? Or are you doing something and it's making you feel uncomfortable, right? Lean into it. Make sure you're aware in the moment. Because when you get that awareness, you can then figure out what are you doing or not doing and why, (laughs) right? Self-awareness gives us control. It gives us power because we're suddenly fully aware of what's going on. Am I buffering? Am I going and looking at the news? That's what I do. Even though I try and go on news diet, but I'm back in the news (laughs) because what's going on in the world right now requires me to pay attention, I believe. I have a duty to the human race to pay attention to some of the crises going on in the world, although it's very depressing, which is why you have to give yourself permission if this is you. If you're overwhelmed by the news, give yourself permission to not check the news for a bit. Even if, like me, you feel an obligation to the human race to stay abreast of affairs, scrolling through the news every morning which is what I do when I'm buffering I'm not wanted to tackle the thing that I'm putting off right whether it's because I don't want to do it or I'm procrastinating because it's uncomfortable I will go to the news and I'll scroll 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 and you know what there's only so much news per day and like they can write 10 opinion pieces about the same thing there's only so much you're going to learn from that (laughs) so what are you doing what are you not doing and why are you not doing and how are you buffering how is it that you're holding yourself back Ask yourself these questions regularly. And then the final and most important question is, what can you do about it? How can you get out of your own way? The other thing I want to point out with this one is, this is a great way to lead by example with your team. So this is also a leadership moment. And this also applies to our family. A lot of my clients will tell me how after they started coaching, their family starts to change around them. Sometimes we get frustrated. I know this as well. (laughs) When I first started working full-time with a coach rather than just having like short-term coaching relationships when I actually had a coach like all you know I'm committed to working with this coach I've now been working with the same coach for over three years 
which has been amazing because we have such a long deep relationship like she knows me inside out she knows when to call me out on my own bs which is more often than i care to admit <laughs> but one of the things i got frustrated by when i first started working with my current coach is like oh i want him i want my husband to feel all these things i'm feeling i want my family to do all these things that i'm doing and you you can't coach your family and friends it just doesn't work that way but it does rub off on them right and this leading by example in this era, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is a great way to uplevel your entire friends, family, not just to mention the team that you work with, right? Lead by example, demonstrate to them what happens when you take uncomfortable action. Let's normalize this. Let's actually talk about it. Like I'm not enjoying how I'm feeling right now, but I'm going to do it anyway because look what happens. I think if we can show particularly children what is possible when we lean into discomfort, the something extraordinary is going to happen. Especially for girls right now, discomfort is discouraged. We're told we have to be perfect when we're growing up. We're rewarded with gold stars for being perfect, which is why we have so many young women who eventually realize they've got imposter syndrome and they have what's called the natural genius. They've been so good at everything their entire lives. When they struggle with something for the first time, they just shut down and procrastinate. They don't know how to handle it. What if those kids had grown up being used to struggling it was a normal rewarded activity you know what that starts with you doing that and being the role model for them (laughs) but also this applies at work what if your team sees you getting uncomfortable and failing and picking yourself back up learning from those lessons and driving forward as a direct result of failing wouldn't that be extraordinary for your team to see that modeled in you This truly is an amazing leadership trait. Okay, I could talk about this all day, but hopefully you're seeing this is really the building blocks of being extraordinary. Which brings me to another important point, failure. I'm sure you've all heard this before, but failure is the route to success and we need to normalize failure. A lot of the time when we are uncomfortable, when we're scared of growth, when we're scared of taking actions, because we're actually scared of failure, we're scared of how we're going to feel. So what I would love for you to do is remind yourself like, I can be my own best friend when I fail. Ask yourself, if somebody else was doing this and they failed, what would you say to them? Hopefully you wouldn't like take them apart and make them feel like a pile of, you know, (laughs) trying to keep this family friendly because I know some of you listen in the car with your kids. Um, But how could you improve things such that instead of talking to yourself the way that you know you talk to yourself, you talk to yourself like your own best friend. What have you promised yourself right here, right now, that thing you're about to do that's really uncomfortable, that you're putting off because you're scared of how you're going to feel when you fail? What have you said to yourself, whatever happens, I'm going to love all over myself. One of the things I love to do, this I stole totally from my coach, is I pre-celebrate. <laughs> um, I will create a celebration and I will celebrate what I assume is going to happen irrespective Um, Actually, this is an extension of what my mother used to do with me when I was a child. She never rewarded me for getting like top grades at school. She rewarded me for taking the exams. Like after my exams had been done, we would go off and we would buy me a present. We would go out for afternoon tea or buy ice cream or actually one of my favorite things was books. Yes, I was a bookie even back then. And it was just such a wonderful thing. She didn't care about the exam results. Well, I'm sure she did, but she always hid it from me. Whatever grades I got, she was just thrilled, but I didn't get rewarded for the exam results. I got rewarded for sitting the exam and working hard in the run-up to the exam. And that's something that my coach has been getting me to do. 
I get rewarded actually ahead of time. I reward myself for the actions that I'm taking. This is actually strategy execution, like 101, like lead measures and lag measures. Lag measures are the thing we stay awake at night worrying about, like sales or whatever it is. Maybe if it's a personal growth thing, maybe it's landing their next job. The lead measures are the things that we actually have influence over, like having a number of phone calls a week or a day or however many lines of code you've written if you're like your lag measure is developing some software, delivering some software. Like what is the lead measure that's going to activate the thing that is uncomfortable for you? Reward the lead measure. Tag something beautiful to the lead measure. I love, for example, when I've had an amazing day of like action on something in my business, I love to just reward myself for that. Like I buy something nice I've had on my wish list. I have a wish list of reward items that I probably would buy anyway, but I deliberately hold off purchasing them until I have something that I want to reward myself for. It's like pre-celebrate. That is such a beautiful catalyst for telling your brain it's good to feel this way. It's good to feel uncomfortable. We want to normalize that, remember. Another thing to help you with this is to make it routine. This is why I want you to do it every single day, right? If only you get into your discomfort zone, your growth zone, once a week or once a month, it's unusual. Think about it. Um, One of the things that's recognized, for example, if you're trying to build a new habit, maybe, for example, you exercise more, it's actually generally recommended you do it every single day. Not because it's good for your body. There are loads of studies about how many times a week you should exercise and what kinds. But in terms of building habits, it's actually much easier to do it every single day for like a very short amount of time, just build the habit. I would say the same is true with any habit and especially growth. Make this routine, make this non-negotiable. Every single day you just stretch yourself. You ask yourself, what am I going to do today that's a little bit uncomfortable? How can I stretch myself? Again, this is something you can build into any routine you already have. So I advocate we have an end of day routine and a start of day routine. Either one of those, you can add it on. As an executive, you must have those two, by the way. High-powered executives do so well when they have end-of-day and start-of-day routines. They help each other. What you do at the end of the day helps you with the next morning. The start-of-day is really about setting you in the right space, in the right mindset, uh, and preparation. There's a mixture of, like, just tactics and, you know, closing everything down or starting everything up uh, alongside the mindset piece. But it's extraordinary to watch when people do this. So if you already have an end of day and start of day routine, I would absolutely advocate you add on some growth questions to that. I'm a big believer in making this kind of thing very simple. So have an item in your calendar that is your end of day or start of day routine with a list of prompts. Add a growth question into your list of prompts. Like, what am I doing today to get uncomfortable? Or what am I going to do tomorrow that's uncomfortable? Like, how can I step out of my comfort zone? And it doesn't have to be a big deal but it's just baby steps every single day. Because when we do that, it becomes easier. Now, the flip side is routines are comfortable. (laughs) So the danger can become that routine is when we stagnate, it's where we contract our growth zone. Think about it. Um, If you drive regularly, you probably are aware there are times when you get in your car that you don't remember how you got from A to B. You just sort of turn up and you don't really remember the route. It's just autopilot. That's routine. By definition, growth is not routine. So what we want to do is we want to make the mechanism for growth routine. The discomfort needs to become routine. But obviously the growth itself needs to be non-routine, otherwise you're not growing. You're not experiencing something new or unfamiliar, which is where the growth occurs. What actually happens when we experience something new and unfamiliar is 
we actually release a trigger of dopamine as a part of the brain that's only activated when we have new or different. And that's when neuroplasticity kicks in. I'm not a neuroscientist, but lots of interesting things happen in the brain. Let's just go with that, shall we? I read a paper about this and I was like, I don't fully understand that. <laughs> but it, this is how we build that neuroplasticity that everybody's now talking about being a great way to develop growth, a great way to develop our IQ. Like, yes, you can improve your IQ over time. It's not as fixed as we think it is. IQ in my mind is actually a terrible measure. That's a different topic for another day. Maybe another political one. <laughs> if you want to debate that one with me, let me know. Happy to hop on a call with you. I have that conversation with a lot of people. But the whole goal here is to make the activity of discomfort routine, but the outcome should not be routine because you want new and different because you are going to get a dopamine hit. It's going to make it feel good. Ideally, you even tie that with a reward. And on top of that, that's where you are going to build something extraordinary in your mind. Okay. The challenge is to get past that initial feeling of worry, of concern, of discomfort, and like, I'm not going to take action. So I have four things that I want you to do. Number one, clear your mind. I want you to brain dump all the things, do yoga or meditation. Remember, if we just leave things swelling in our head, we don't control them, write it down. It's very, very powerful. You want your optimal attention on this thing in front of you instead of distractions. The brain dump allows you to clear your mind and give yourself that awareness to dial into taking action. Concentrate on one thing instead of allowing yourself to buffer. Number two, probably not a surprise, but I want you to lean into your self-awareness. Okay, it may well be obvious, but actively decide to activate your self-awareness. When you do this, you'll likely identify why you're not taking action. Maybe there's some shame or anticipation of shame. You're scared of failing in some way. Maybe there's some embarrassment coming your way and you're, or you're buffering and you're not noticing that. Allowing yourself to lean into your self-awareness will help you dial into what's really going on, why you're not taking action. And this applies like whatever time of day you're doing this. So for example, maybe your growth opportunity that you've recognized in your Saturday day routine is something like, I'm going to speak up more in my three o'clock meeting. That's your growth opportunity. You've decided it. This is the way you're going to present yourself. So lean into your self-awareness, like give yourself a few minutes at some point in the day, ideally as close as possible to that meeting. If you've got back-to-back -back meetings, that might not be possible, but give yourself a few minutes to say, well, well, how am I feeling? How will I procrastinate? How will I justify to myself that I shouldn't do this? Dial into some of those questions around like why you won't take action. Anticipate how your brain may well play this out. And also lean into how you actually feel in the moment. So in that meeting, lean into your physical symptoms. I think our bodies give us so much insight into how our brains are. I always notice stress in my body before I notice it in my brain. Like I'm very slow at noticing stress. It comes as a physical symptom first. I still can't believe like that I haven't figured this out. But I notice stress in my body's first. And I think this is such an important thing to recognize. Your body is going to give you hints and tips as to what's going on and therefore why you may or may not be taking action. If you can realize in the moment, I'm stressed, I'm not taking action, I'm procrastinating on this in some way, you can decide to do something about it. So lean into self-awareness is item number two. Number three, observe yourself. So this is an extension of self-awareness. Observe yourself. But I want you to observe yourself in a broader context. I've already talked about this a little bit because I want you to celebrate. 
I want you to observe the journey, the lead metric if we're talking strategy language. I want you to observe that and enjoy it and celebrate it. I also want you to dial into every single time you have evidence of it going well. One of the things I get all my clients to do is have and maintain a success log. This is a spreadsheet, a folder. I actually have a spreadsheet. I have a folder on my computer. I have a written down folder and I have an email folder. (laughs) And every time something good happens, whether it's an email landing in my inbox, somebody says something nice on social media about me, I take a screenshot of that I put in a physical folder or something just great happens, I will write that in my spreadsheet. This success log tells your brain all the times you've done great things. One of the most important things to do in our observation is record these. And then when you're procrastinating, go and look through your success log. Now, I think we should do this once a week anyway, because if you're doing it once a week, one, you're adding to it regularly, you're finding something every single week. I think we can find several things every week. But if you are looking at it, you're gonna be top of mind all the things that are going on that are great in your life. And you're going to be able to see, well, that's kind of similar to what I'm doing. It's a little bit different because you are growing. It should be unfamiliar. But you're like, I've got success in that area. This is a sidestep. This is just a little bit further ahead, whatever it is. You can help convince your brain this is not quite as scary as you think it is. Observe yourself, celebrate, recognize and reflect on this regularly and often to allow yourself to get uncomfortable more frequently. And then number four, the fourth and final thing to helping yourself move through this discomfort. This is going to be frustrating, but do it anyway. (laughs) Uncertainty can be paralyzing if you allow it to be, but it is a choice. I know it doesn't feel like it in the moment, but it is a choice to feel paralyzed. So how about you decide to unparalyze yourself and do it anyway? If you've lent into your self-awareness, you've cleared your mind, you've observed yourself, you've got lots of evidence, you can be like, "Mm, you know what? I know this is uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it anyway. One thing I would say with this is don't be afraid to do one thing at a time. Too many things is not healthy. Do one thing at a time, hone, refine, one focus at a time. You all know I love the concept of one ruthless priority. I do think you can have one personal ruthless priority and one professional ruthless priority. The professional one being aligned with your team, your organization. The personal one can be a career one for just you, not your organization. Or it can be, you know, something completely different. Like maybe it's something with friends and family, whatever it is. But we need to minimize how many things we have. Too much, we're not going to take action. So figure out one thing and then do it anyway. Okay. Before we wrap up today, before we go to the leadership mindset moment, do not forget if this is the kind of thing that you want to have more of, you want to be nurtured through, this is exactly the stuff that we discuss in detail, dive into, unstick you on inside Lit Up Leadership Academy. I would be delighted to welcome you in there. Go check out tonycollis.com forward slash academy. And of course, if you want to have a chat about it first, I am more than happy to chat. I will give you an honest opinion whether or not it's the right program for you. It isn't for everybody. I know that. Um, so in the show notes there is a link to book a call with me happy to have a chat with you but let's finish up as always with a leadership mindset moment here's the thing with taking action that's uncomfortable here's the thing I really want you to know this does take courage it does take awareness it takes self-understanding the thing you need to do is recognize this see the problem and the hurdle you're about to cross and learn that you are going to do something extraordinary as a result of growing. 
if you can lean into the result, if you can lean into how you want to feel at the end, rather than leaning into how you think you might feel because it's going to be uncomfortable, lean into how you want to feel as a result. Lean into how this is going to make things better for you. Even if it's the cumulative impact of 500 things over 500 days, like 1% every day makes a very big difference, right? Lean into that vision of who you are to allow yourself to get uncomfortable. Find that courage from who you want to be rather than who you are today. There is nothing wrong with tapping into future you to get that courage, to get that action that's going to give you confidence because you have proof suddenly. As soon as you're taking the action, you have proof that you can do something. Lean into that to give you the courage. Lean into the future you to get courage. Remind yourself how great it's going to be when you get to the other end. And then promise yourself that you'll just keep going until you get there, regardless of how long it takes and how many lessons learned you make along the way. All right, my love, that's it for today's episode. As always, if you loved it, I would be honored. In fact, I would be delighted if you went and shared this with anybody that you think would benefit from hearing today's conversation or any of your favorite episodes of Leading Women in Tech. But until next time, remember, stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Woman in Tech podcast.